This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. is The Clutter Family, uh, off their a CD called The Clutter Family. Uh, that's a, a song called Life the Movie, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> and uh, uh, I just, I, I love that song. Uh, and I've played it before here. Uh, and I'm going to start repeating some music just because I don't get a chance to play a lot of music. So I'm just kind of repeating some stuff every once in a while. Thought I would repeat that one today. You can, of course, find The Clutter Family on iTunes and CD Baby and Reverb Nation and... They have a Facebook page, and I think they have a new album coming out soon, so that'll be fun. Uh, So it is hot, hot, hot here in L.A. today. It's very exciting uh, because we've had actual winter here all winter, and uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to have actual weather going on here. So we're excited about that, and I'm just playing with my levels here. Apologize uh, for that. And I want to just put a shout out to my live listeners. I know like in this world of podcasting and downloading and archives that people don't have to show up at a certain time to listen to me. Uh, but I really appreciate those of you who do take time in your day to listen to me live. Uh, it's exciting to know there's some ears out there perked up and listening to my voice out there in the ethers of the internets. 
Well, uh, I have a great guest today, but before I get to that, I also have a cool announcement to make. Uh, I'm really, really excited. Uh, I'm developing a live show. Uh, it's called A Carlin Home Companion, and the show is of um, – it's – it's, it's kind of a double kind of a thing. It's kind of a retrospective of my dad a little bit in the sense that I, I play clips of my dad from his career, some like famous ones and some kind of unknown ones. But it's, it's neat because we all get to watch the clips together and, 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 and witness and, and be in the glow of, of his genius. Uh, and then, but I tell stories too. I tell family stories uh, in between the clips and I'm going to show family pictures and maybe some home movies and things like that. And so I'm really, really excited because I just got accepted to bring my show to the Just for Laughs Montreal Comedy Festival at the end of July, sometime during the last week of July. So it's, I don't know the, I don't have a date yet, but it's official. It is happening. And what's really cool is that I'm also going to start touring with this show and uh, going around America uh, to different uh, cool venues, uh, looking for venues that are like 300 seaters, kind of cool indie, maybe music type places, theaters, little black boxes, who knows. Uh, but um I'm really excited. I get to go out in the world and, and tell my stories, which is something I've been doing for 10 years. I'm a storyteller, spoken word artist. I did a one-woman show 10 years ago. So this is kind of a culmination of all that. And I get to be, uh, you know, connecting with my dad's fans, which is always a real thrill for me and just an honor. So very, very excited about that. Uh, anything else that I have? I don't think so. Although I, am ex- I just want to mention I'm really excited about going to Montreal because I've never been to Montreal. And I know like 50 words of French, so uh, it'll be uh, good for me to practice that. (laughs) When I went to Paris for my honeymoon with my husband, I have a really good accent, but a very limited vocabulary. So I sound like I know what I'm talking about. And then the Parisians uh, would talk really quickly back to me and I would think, oh, I'm so fucked. I have no idea what they're saying right now. But uh, they always appreciated that I at least tried. Uh, So anyway... Uh, I'm, I'm going to introduce my guest now. Before she comes on, though, I'm going to play a little uh, clip of hers that I've actually played on this show before, um, uh, a couple of months ago, I think it was. Uh, my guest today is is Katie Goodman, and I just want to read you some of these really amazing uh, opinions and reviews that people have of her. Uh, Eve Ensler, you know, the queen of the vagina, called her fierce, female, fabulous, and funny, uh, and uh, the Vancouver prom province called her show uh, broad broad comedy which is a sketch comedy troupe uh the dixie chicks of american sketch comedy i love that but my favorite is what ariana huffington said about her ariana said if robin williams and dear abby had a baby and hired tony robbins to raise it you might get someone as bright funny insightful and inspiring as katie goodman but why bother she's already here dispensing laugh inducing and life-changing lessons that was a, a review for her book, which she and I will be talking about. So I'm going to play a few minutes of uh, Katie Goodman's uh, very insightful song, I Didn't Fuck It Up. There's never been a time There's never been a time been a time as fucked up as this as fucked up as this I didn't fuck it up you probably didn't fuck it up but they Whoever they are, they fucked it up. Now it's fucked up. I can't unfuck it up. You probably can't unfuck it up. And if we're counting on them to unfuck it up, then we're all fucked. Welcome, Katie. Hi. 
<laughs> Welcome from Brooklyn. Katie's talking to us from Brooklyn today. I am. <laughs> on, a, on a real telephone that has an, real- <laughs> an actual rotary dial. Yes, you stick your finger in it. <laughs> I haven't seen one of these since my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. When did you do that song? Oh, uh, oh my gosh. I, I guess in the last year. Oh, okay. Sometime. Yeah. So, so it was almost as fucked up as it, as it is today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just increasing. The good news is we get to keep using that song. So. <laughs> the bright side. <laughs> That's very true. There is a silver lining. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, you're um, just just to tell my audience, you're a, a, a writer, a performer, an actual author. Uh, you're a workshop leader, a public speaker. You're one of those fabulous Renaissance women that we hear so much about these <laughs> days. Um, so, what? How? I I don't know much about you, and you and I've connected a little bit, but I've been an admirer of yours from afar, uh, and I'm just really I'm always curious with people how like. How were you raised? Like, were your parents really creative? Did you have an amazing creative family, or did you have the opposite? Was it was like totally oppressive, and you had to escape? <laughs> no, it to be I creative? had a great family. Actually, I, I, yeah, I don't have any of those sorted tales that pushed me into comedy. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> although I loved Eddie Izzard on um, on the Green Room had said something like, you know, someone said we are all comics because we want to make people laugh, and he said that's bullshit. It's because we're all deeply damaged people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need parents that are bad to make you damaged. I think we're just, everybody on some level is uh, dealing with having grown up in, in this culture. But, um, uh, no, I had, great, I had great parents. My father was a tone-deaf surgeon, and <laughs> my mother is, um, she's a columnist, uh, Ellen Goodman, she's a syndicated columnist, and she um, is, uh, so that's kind of where I got my, um, you know, interest in women's issues. And... Um, and ethics and things like that, um, and also probably short form, being interested in short form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was actually a really great tale. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always feel like I have to apologize. No, d- God, no apologies. <laughs> Be happy. Be happy. Did you, were you uh, like a creative artist type person in high school? Was it an early thing for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I directed and started in really rosy in second grade. I mean, it was one of those sort of <laughs> kids who was always getting busted and sort of uh, told I was bossy, you know, and now you're like, fuck you, I'm a director. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, and yeah, no, I did, I did music and theater the whole way through. But I'm actually more of a theater person. I don't really come from um, stand-up comedy background and just knowing, you know, you and Paul and uh, Preventa and, and Barbara Roman in the last few years, I've had this wonderful crash course in and stand-up comedy, and it's been great because I'm I'm a comic now. <laughs> I have to just sort of admit that, even though I'm doing it, you know, sit down at a piano. Yeah, um, yeah, ap- ap- absolutely. I mean, you you do exactly. You're you're a a, a sit down stand-up comic, and yeah. it's funny too because Paul has. Uh, certainly schooled me in the, the the world of stand-up comedy. I mean, my dad didn't at all. My dad didn't. I mean, every once in a while, he'd he'd you know show me, oh, this guy, I think this guy's funny or something like that. But I didn't grow grow up around comics. I didn't really know a lot about it. And so Paul is like, he's like this. I don't know. He's like this emeritus scholar of comedy or something. Yeah. So if you want to know anything about the comedy world, you ask Paul Bravenza. Absolutely. Right. Right. And, and he's so interested in it, you know, philosophically too. I and mean, we were both philosophy majors at UPenn. And so I kind of know where he's coming oh, from. Trying to yeah. figure it all out, Gene. But, um, uh, no, he's been incredibly, incredibly helpful to me. And Soren, Soren's my husband who writes my material with me and helped us really kind of hone it. But it was interesting, too, for us, because when he met us, he said, you've never taken a comedy class or anything. And we said, no, God, no, not at all. And he said, good, don't. You know? <laughs> He's like, you're doing it right. I don't know how you got this, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, without sort of learning the rules, which is probably good, because, uh, you know, being a control freak, I'd probably mess things up by trying to use rules a little too much, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I think comedy is really it's 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 a rhythm thing, it's a musical thing, it's a poetry thing. There's you know, there there is a rhythm to it and and so I I think it's something that you're kind of born with or not, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm also a huge fan of um 
people growing. But I think you either have a sense of humor or you mm-hmm. don't. Although ours has, I, you know, even saying that, um, ours has really changed over the years. And, um, you know, there's a piece that's become more bitter just <laughs> as you age and have had eight years of blush or whatever. Right. And then there's a piece that's become much more sort of... Um, um, Buddhist, <laughs> yeah. Where you can see the big picture, yeah. really, yeah. You know, from a spiritual practice, and then, um, you know, my potty mouth has definitely grown. That's something <laughs> my mother does not have, right. <clears throat> and my father's not nearly as bad as me. So that's been kind of interesting because you know, theater, uh, some theater allows for that, but comedy absolutely does. So <laughs> we've been allowed to blossom, you know, in just being able to say more outrageous things. And as we're kind of getting gutsier over time, that, that, that piece that comes out, I don't mean just swearing and being gross, but right. like, you know, doing like the tampon joke we did on the green room kind of thing. And, right, right. And people kind of being scandalized in a happy way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pushing, you know, kind of pu- pushing pushing the envelope a little bit. And, yeah. and you know, the bottom line is it's usually about speaking the truth in some way. Right, right, and that's that's just the whole gig right there, or uh, that's the gig I want, yeah. which is authenticity. And that fucking word has just been Ugh. beat to death, but Ugh. it's such a good word. It I is. to give it up, <laughs> you know. I want to take back the word authenticity, but, um, but, you know, finding your voice is, it's kind of the deal. And especially when I'm teaching workshops or speaking and, that is the thing that's hanging everybody up is when they feel they're going to be, um, you know, challenged for their voice or they can't use their own voice or they don't even know what it is. They're yeah. so blocked, you know. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I know for myself that has been, um, I mean, it's been the whole the whole bit of my journey has been feeling, not only finding, okay, what is it that I want to say, but feel, finding that courage to say it. And, and, and then finding a safe enough space to say it in. And, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of weird because growing up at the foot of my father's stage, I guess you could say, I mean, he was like this amazing role model for speaking the truth. Right. And yet, because I grew up also in the typical, you know, drug and alcohol family, <laughs> right, right. truth doesn't get spoken there in some way. So yeah. I, you know, that, 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 that was as much of an influence as, as him being a truth speaker. And I think you're so right. I mean, it, it's, there's so much pretense and falseness and bullshit in our culture that people are craving to have their real faces and their real voices uh, be seen and heard. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> for me, going from um, the broad comedy is, is our, our troupe and it's musical satire and sketch and all this, a lot of women's issue stuff. And it started, <clears throat> Soren and I started it 10 years ago. So the, the voice of it has been ours all along, but the voice was so much more about um, not, you know, the personal is political, but it was much more not personal. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we did a song about, yeah, that's called Soccer Mom Ho, and the, it's a but it's generic. It's about soccer moms, or we, you know, right. Um, we have a song now called Milf. <laughs> we don't do all mom stuff, but those are two that came to mind. And you know, and so it's about sort of the the culture. And then just in the last four years or so, I've been doing all this solo work, and it's really shifted because all of a sudden I'm standing there by myself without other. And I don't want to say what the audience is experiencing in their life, so now I have to say what I am. Uh-huh. So the whole shift has really changed, and <clears throat> it's definitely in the beginning it was way scarier. You know, on <laughs> some opening night in some 800 seat theater or something, but I'd never done a song, this particular song yet before I go, okay, let's try it. Let's <laughs> see what happens. You know, I mean, we just keep doing that. Let's try it. I mean, you know, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? Is right. Mildly embarrassed or whatever. You get a call from your parents the next day. Um, but I think that's been the challenge. Actually, the thing that is the most sort of like holding me back, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, is having, you know, I have an eight-year-old son. I have a mom who's in the public eye. I have a husband and I don't want to embarrass. So there's certain things, you know, you have to kind of walk a little bit of a line of being self-revealing and not uh, revealing the people around you. I write a lot of, you know, some parenting stuff and relationship stuff, but I'm not gonna. Right. Um, so you know, you can be authentic, but you can't. You don't have to be a dick <laughs> 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 to everyone you love. <laughs> and I think that's really hard for comics too, because that's some of our best material. You know, I just saw John Leguizamo's new show on Broadway last week. Uh huh. It's fantastic, and he got sued by his father from one of his shows. Wow. You know? And I thought, wow, I'm so far from that. But 
but you know, like that's his, that's his yeah. gig. Yeah, and that absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and that's he, really fearless to do that. Well, and, and you know, and I, and I think I think it is. It's a very individual choice. I know for myself in storytelling, I'm, I'm willing to reveal. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much willing to reveal anything, but it's always I'm, I'm always trying to contextualize it in a way that it I make it so it's not about the person or yeah. or, or or that they've done something in some way. It's more about like here's this interesting context about my life, and here's here I am trying to be a human inside of it, trying to figure it out, just like the rest of us. Right, right. And and so for me, that that kind of softens the blow. But I know for myself, even I mean, my dad felt uncomfortable about me doing my storytelling because I, I tell personal stories and sometimes I talk about my childhood and yes, mom and dad are in it. And I never reveal anything that no one doesn't already know about them. But, but you know, for my dad, that wasn't his art form, you know, and, and although it made him uncomfortable, he said, you know, it's, it's your art form. I, I, I respect it. I would never ask you to change anything about it. But, yeah. but, but at the same time, I, I did feel slightly like, careful about it too and cautious and um and it's it's kind of interesting now that they're both not on the planet anymore because right, i've right. got i've got more freedom with that but i wanted to ask you um when the urge you know you've been doing broad comedy and you know great success with that and it's it's such this i'm gonna i'm gonna play one of the songs later but um so was there some sort of a personal urge that made you want to go towards more personal material or was there yeah, um, I thought you were going to ask me about what made us start it, which is always, we started around when Bush came in, so that was the urge. <laughs> for but, for broad comedy. Yeah, and then I guess as he was leaving, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're sort of, it was a nice time to kind of shift away from that and not have to just be whiny all the time. Yeah. Um, now I can whine about my own shit. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know, Kelly, I think um, some of it is, it was just like, here's the next fun thing to try. Also, to be completely frank, traveling with four women who I adore and are like family to me, is it's it's much harder. Sure. Scheduling, sure. it's more expensive. So yeah. there's some just sort of you know, logistics yeah. about, you know, they get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things like that. And all of which is great. And we still will always, always, always try. But I wanted to have a little bit of something. It was just a little simpler. Yeah. But in terms of the material, I was starting to do these solos in the show. And when we do a bad comedy show, I am C and headline and I um, come and do solos mm-hmm. scattered throughout the show anyway. And it was just one of those things I went, Sure, I got fourteen solos now. Yeah. I might as well just do it. You know, yeah, sure. <laughs> so you just kind of notice that there's all this material, and um, and it, it's just it is fun. It is really fun just doing doing one a uh, whole night by yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it was just. Uh, it's it's cool. I mean, it, it is. I I travel around a little bit with this group out here. We call ourselves Mind the Gap, which is like myself and Dylan Brody and Rick Overton and Rick Shapiro and Lorraine Newman. And uh, yeah, and there's about it's kind of a loose group. There's about eight to 10 of us. And there's some musical comedians also. And then we kind of like configure and stuff. And it's it's really cool. I actually got to do my first paid gig. Up at the Throckmorton in Marin County in Mill Valley with them, and it was so fun to go out and be on the road with my friends. You know, it was oh, it was yeah, really yeah. really cool. I mean, one of the things I would love if you could just make a living at it is um, some of the best times I've had is when I've gone to like the Ms. Foundation fundraiser. Had you know eight women stand up, and I was one of them. And you know, it's an, like we did at Caroline's on Broadway, and it was like. It was just so much fun. Here are all these amazing other people who are completely on the same page. Yep. An audience who is not only there because they're excited to hear women's voices, but they're also there to support all these um, social causes. Yep. And it was fun and funny, and it was and it was easy. <laughs> that was 10 minutes, and it was just such a blast. I mean, I thought, that that's the game for me. <laughs> I don't care if I get paid. It was just <laughs> so much fun. And actually now, sort of the extended version of that is we've been doing a lot of Planned Parenthood fundraisers, which is great because yeah. we're making money, but we're making money for them, too. And those, man, do they need um, a laugh right now and, oh. you know, some perspective. And, yeah, it's... it's you know, it, you're pushing the converted, but it's not at all preaching the converted. It's like supporting the converted. I feel like you know, you're everybody is so pissed and distraught and exhausted. Yeah, that I feel almost just like a personal trainer or a 
maybe like an ice cream sundae provider for these, you know, <laughs> yes. where you're just sort of saying, here, you're doing such good work. Let's, we'll, we'll make you giggle and have a little more energy and then you go out and do the work because I can't do that shit. You know, I, I wish I could, but I don't know anything about yeah. that. So you go save the planet. But So that that's just become such a fun part of the, of the job. That, 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 that's a great, um, that's an interesting perspective, you know, because I always wrestle with, you know, uh, some part of me wished that I'd become like a First Amendment lawyer or something like mm-hmm. that, like where I could actually change policy, you know, more than just being a citizen with my I vote know. or, or yeah. my phone call or my signing of the petition. And, and, and it is true, you know, being able to bring entertainment to, to the troops. I mean, that's kind of what it's like, because right now yeah. they are under siege, <laughs> these people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I, too, I was part of a, a really great benefit here in L.A. for a woman who raises money. And the money goes specifically to women who live in states that have almost no abortion providers at all. Mm-hmm. And um, literally, like, gives money to them for, like, travel money if they need to travel out of the state to have an abortion, right. you know, because they're right. going to die if they don't have this abortion. I mean, it's just a fucking yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So so you are doing your part, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's also... You know, I used to whine about once a week to Thorne just saying, like, well, I need to go hand out rice. And he's like, really? (laughs) He's like, you'd suck at that. Just do what you're doing. You'd complain the whole time, and you'd come home early. So, you know, you know when you're in the right place. Um, It's just every now and then it's it's a a little bit hard to, as an artist, to get your hands on, you know, counting the little chits of good, that you've done. It's, you're yeah. just sort of hoping all the time, but uh, there really isn't another option. I'm just, just so clearly what I want to be doing. So yeah, yeah, you know. and, and and you do at some point you do have to trust that we're each here doing our own little bit. Right. You know, it is like Indra's net, you know, where each little point where the net me- meets, we're all connecting and, and it's all, you know, holding it all together in some way. And, yeah. and, and God knows we all are so interdependent, interconnected, uh, truly these days. I mean, we can, yeah. we can all see it now, at least we've always been interconnected and interdependent, but, mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of interdependence and Buddhism and things like that, yeah. you—it's—it's uh, it's so interesting because you and I have not connected in a deep way, and and which is shocking to me because we have very similar lives in some ways that we we both do this writing performing thing and need to be silly women on a stage and saying hi, I'm funny and I'm smart and look at me and I'm going to make you laugh and cry possibly, uh, but also this other urge to actually like do work with people and help them transform their lives uh whatever right. that and that is where you do get to see the hands on i mean you see somebody walk out of a workshop just going oh my god i had no idea i was sort of living my life this way or i was blocked in this way and, and that is great that i will say that probably is what evens out for me you know yeah but yeah i know i know Kelly. I need, we need to do each other's <laughs> i know <laughs> I know, and and it's interesting because this year I've decided this year to take a to put that in the back seat right now, just because I want to focus on my my career, you know, my artistic mm-hmm. career, and uh, I'm still doing some life coaching, individual life coaching, but my workshops are on the shelf right now. But I was I was wondering, you know, I think each of us who teach, uh, you know, any kind of transformational stuff, there's something specifically that we really want to hand the people in the room and, and, and yes, we don't know what, why everyone's there and everyone has a separate experience and walks away with what they need to walk away with. Right. But but what do you feel is like your underlying intention or purpose and what is it that you want people to get? So, so what I do is I I do a lot of different things, but one of the ones that I do is use the tools of improv comedy, but applying it to everyday life. So they get to have real experiences of, um, trying an improv game or an exercise or a writing thing or a monologue or whatever with, you know, there's like a table full of hats, they grab a hat, they grab five words and they have to tell a story with no prep, like that kind of thing, or working with a, a group on uh, doing a scene or something. And, and what I really love what happens is um, one of my Zen teachers says, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And um, the thing that happens in the first 25 seconds is, you, you get to see when somebody's doing something they've never done before and they're a little nervous about it, you get to see where they automatically go. Mm-hmm. And it's always to their little crutches and things like that. And so, you know, for example, somebody will just um, freeze up 
or take over, one, you know, or something. <laughs> yes. And I get to, and they'll stop and I'll say, okay, just tell me what was going on to you right there and we'll talk about it. But, uh, you know, actually, one, um, one, and I should probably not say who this is, but there was a life coach in my um, workshop um, recently and she is just a brilliant, amazing woman and she was um, taking over kind of for everyone. Like she was just wouldn't let anyone get a word in edgewise. And I knew she wasn't like a prima donna at all. So I just stopped her and I said, you look like you feel responsible mm. for everyone. Mm. And she just went, oh, shit, you got me. She's like, that's <laughs> my family. Nobody does anything. <laughs> I have to take care of it. And so what happens in, the, in, the, in, in um, live interactive self-help <laughs> workshops, the way that I do it is that they get a chance to see that so clearly and they it's not like a shrink sort of saying perhaps this is what's happening they're like going oh my god I just saw I did that and then I'll say well is that working for you yeah, <laughs> like yep. in your life and it's always no right and then we get a chance in this um very safe little place and, and safe even if there's like 300 people at a speech you know I do yep. little exercises with the person next to them they get to try differently. Mm-hmm. And then they get to spend, if it's a weekend or something, they get to spend for the rest of the day or whatever, try, just being like, okay, I'm not going to be responsible for anybody. You yeah. know? And then they really get to break out of their mold, the way, their pattern. Their habit mind. Yeah. And then what happens is all that, learning to trust yourself, learning to take risks, learning to believe in your voice, all those things lead to the big A word, authenticity. <laughs> and so all those things just come right back to that, which is what they want. They want to feel good about, um, know, uh, they want to know what their voice is and, and then be um, comfortable stepping up and saying, uh, this is who I am. Yeah. And there's a real sense, you know, I remember when people used to talk about, you know, the word empowerment, like what that Mm -hmm. feels like. And I was always just a word to me because I really did not understand it at all. Right. And, And what you're talking about is that there's something about being in conscious awareness of who you are and what you really want instead of being unconsciously controlled by it, but really consciously choosing in the moment that has taught me like that's what empowerment is about for me right 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 and um that that's what improv does so forcefully <laughs> whether you want it or not because you've got nothing you're just sitting there with no script so you are present beyond belief right right i mean you're just forced to be there um you know and uh, sorry this is a long-winded way to answer your question no no was, go ahead you know, it's what's great what's the goal really like of is that what you're pretty much Yeah, asking? just like what's, what's your yeah, intention? what's your intentions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think also just um so with self awareness can I do a little exercise with you? Sure. Quickly, it's not <gasps> How fun. scary at all. Okay. But it's not even improv, so this is a different one. All right. Um so this is gonna sound hilarious until I kinda get to the end of it. Um so I want you to say three words, um, three adjectives, and you're gonna fill in the sentence. It's T D Goodman is blank, blank, and blank. So actually, me, Katie Goodman is. Okay. Go ahead and say those out loud. Uh, So Katie Goodman is uh, smart, interesting, and kind. Okay. So so that I don't look like a total asshole asking somebody to say all these beautiful things. You know, I did a sort of room full of people, and, and sometimes they're not good, too. You know, like in the corner, she's... <laughs> Katie Goodman is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or stuck up, or something, uh-huh. whatever it is. I know it all, um, or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, but, you know, there are a lot of nice ones, too. But, um, so what this is is a little trick. It's a projection exercise. It uh-huh. really has very, very little to do with me at all. Um, I mean, people don't say Katie Goodman's blonde, you know, but... <laughs> say, kind of a, you know, the, the, the range is pretty clear. And what I try to show people through this, and, and all improv or all art is a giant projection exercise. Mm. Anyway, I mean, you cannot bring anything to the table creatively from scratch that isn't part of your experience and your authentic self already. And the less that you're kind of uh, trying to figure it out, the more sort of real it is and and that's why I think people love art. But right. so, so this little projection exercise is all those things, Kelly, are either you already, what you would like to be maybe, 
or something you just have an issue with. So you said smart, which is obviously you. What were the other two that lasted already? Uh, I think I said interesting, and I don't remember. The th- I don't. I don't know now. I don't either. The third one. <laughs> we'll go back. Kind. Oh, kind. Interesting and kind. Okay. So those are things that are first of all you value. Like you didn't say. Um, funny, which is interesting because I, I almost did. I actually too. almost did. <laughs> okay, so that and that's one that like half the room sometimes says that because they came to hear me because they are interested in funny things. Yes, you know what I mean? yes. But um, again, very little to do with me. But so, but kindness is important to you. Um, you know, I even had somebody say um, like thin. I mean, things that are just like. And, and and she was really heavy, this woman. Right. So it's clearly right. on her agenda, right? Yes. So those excavating all of that mm. projected authentic stuff is so important because we're walking around projecting onto people all day long and we don't even know it. Yep. And we're projecting on Glenn Beck and we're projecting <laughs> on Britney Spears. I was you just going to say and that. And actually, yeah. she's a great one. I mean, Glenn Beck is great too, but like somebody, uh, a celebrity is a great person to do this exercise on just during the day. You can do it on your family or stuff, but it's yep. a little more dangerous. Like yep. You might build up to that, say. <laughs> um, because we have all these projections like, oh, she's a loose cannon, she's a floozy, she's um, wh- whatever your thing is yes. about her. Yes, yes. Um, and again, and the trick is to, okay, whoa, I'm going to own that, turn around, look at it. I mean, this is, you know, stuff I know, Kelly, you've looked at this kind of thing before. But what's fun is when you can start doing that in all your art and creative work, all your writing, and um, whether it's personal or you're writing other characters or, again, you're writing criticism or journalism or anything, uh-huh. um, it's it's just like, I think it's one of the most important tasks for any person, you know, certainly artists, but any person is to kind of figure out where do I where does this other person, what I'm saying about them, stop and I start, you know, um, and why, why am I so focused yes. on these things? And only then can you kind of get past that and really have anything to say about it objectively. Yeah, you know? I mean, then because then you're, you're, you're fully owning your own shadow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the things that I really love doing, and I think it helps people become much more courageous and, and uh, Step up and say who they really are. Because uh, uh, you know, one of the things that holds us back, I think, is constantly dissing other people. Yeah, well, yeah, and 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 believing that it's the world out there that's mm-hmm. um, victimizing us in some way, and and victimization mm-hmm. is real. I mean, and I think that you know, I was just mm-hmm. thinking about this because it it is a really fine line, and I'm always curious from a psychological kind of sociological point of view. Because I do, too, sit there and watch all of the polemics going on in America, and I think, wow, look at all this projection going back and forth. I mean, fascinating as a depth psychologist to watch it all. And then at the same time, though, there are people really doing things that aren't okay. Right, 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 right. (laughs) And, 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 you know, finding that, like, you know, obviously, if someone really triggers you, then yes, you've, you've probably got some shadow stuff inside of you and some properties inside of you that you might want to sit with and look at and see how yeah. your your inner Sarah Palin is doing today. <laughs> you know, the, the one who's yeah. seeking attention and, and, you know, doesn't really, hasn't really worked or earned her way through it. It's like, hmm, do I have an issue about that? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a, and then there is some point where you have to say, yes, and this person is really full of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, they're all the law of attraction stuff, too. I mean, there's some truth to it, and there's some truth that you're blaming the victim, too. I right, mean, I think right. somebody with a good Buddhist, you know, background, like, I'm still quite a beginner, but would be a really a great person. Have on the show to talk about dualism in terms of that, you know, yes, the sure. black and white thing. And yeah. All. I, I, and the whole country, I mean, that's what we're doing is we're just separating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, um, yeah, it, at the same time for a while, I was just fascinated watching it and now I'm getting nervous because it's like, mm. no, we're really not talking to each other and we're really not solving problems. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people were excited about with Obama, at least I was, I didn't believe like he was the great black hope or something like that. I mean, I, yeah. I, was, I was thrilled that he became president, but I thought, oh, we're right. going to get pragmatic and we're going to solve <laughs> problems. Yeah. And what happened was, no, 
know, we're still fighting about whether he's even been born in America. Right, right, right. It's like, I, but it's the, but, but, I have a song on my, um, on my new album that's coming out in a month. That's, um, it, it's in a big, giant opera dress, and it's to, to um, La Donna Mobile, and it's about... Um, it's just using that song, and it's it's basically saying let's not be divisive, and it's this big beautiful song, you know, like let's all come together, blah blah blah. Okay, you go first, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, that's sort of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> like you yep. know, even NoLabels.org or all these great people trying to come up with ways to yep um, start the conversation. Yeah, yeah, but it's so hard. It's like good, good guy. Well, I mean, I remember when I was an intern uh, to get my therapy license, which I I never got the license, but I was an intern for about three years. And I had some couples and they were in couples uh, counseling and they were very close to divorce and a couple of them did divorce. But it's the same thing as couples counseling to get two people who have been hurting each other and harming Mm -hmm. each other for years, uh, betrayals, backstabbing, lies, uh, you know, there's no trust at all to get them in the room to take to, to to step away from the fight for even five minutes to not have to be right to not have to prove the other person is wrong but to just see what's on the table it's one of the, the hardest scariest most frustrating things I ever did as a therapist wow. and yeah. and yet there's people who really know how to do it well and and I think I think maybe it's time for couples therapy for America. <laughs> maybe this is the new reality show is we have a right wing and a left wing come in and we do great. couples therapy with them oh that'd be great or you should just put the audience up and- yeah that'd be fabulous <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it I love it <laughs> uh, yeah. well, I know you know everything changes so well, every, everything does. Uh, I just uh, lately, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, after the tsunami, I start, I stopped watching the news for a while because I was a big news junkie for a long time. And then it just got overwhelming and depressed because everyone was screaming and no one was talking. So I turned it off. And then the tsunami came and I obsessed on it for like three or four days in a row. And I went into such a deep, dark depression. And I thought to myself, I, I really do want to be a well-informed person. And I do try to stay informed and connect with things you know, uh, on TV and the internet, what's going on in the world. But watching the news day in and day out is really not healthy, I've decided. Yeah, you know, and I come from a newspaper family. But, yes. Um, I, have a, I have a really low tolerance just to watch suffering constantly. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I wimp, basically, would be the word. And I think that's part of the other reason to have gone into comedy, because it's one of the few places where um, comedy... Uh, by definition, you're stepping back from the thing. Yes. You know, to be able to view it, ironically, or um, with any kind of perspective, and that's what I—that's what I love about it. Yeah. It helps you get perspective on it. There, that said, there's some things I have yet to write. I mean, I haven't done rape jokes. I haven't done—you know what I mean? There's some mm. things. Um, mm. I mean, it's funny, like genocide or Holocaust jokes. Sure, you know, we're 60 years out or whatever. We're, you know, but um, there's. There's some things that only a few people do really well. Sarah Selman, you know, for example. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she can do that. I, I'm almost, I think my style's um, too nice to well, you know what, and I don't think it's everyone's role, to, you know, even if you are a, a satirist, you know, it's not everyone's role to be the most biting, edgy satirist yeah, there is. I yeah. think there's a real, because I was listening to some of your broad comedy stuff, and I thought, you know what I love about this is, I mean, yeah, you throw in the, you know, you throw fuck in and things like that. But, you know, a pretty, I bet a pretty, you know, interesting, broad, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, audience can can t- quote unquote tolerate the humor because there yeah. is a softness around it that I think makes it accessible and and yay for that because you're widening well, the conversation. The hope. Yeah, I mean that is the hope, and I think you know, like we'll get someone in the theater, and um, hopefully they'll like you know after you know you wait till the fifth song to bring in the um, <laughs> called "I'm Saving My Hymen for Jesus." Like you kind of wait, you know, open with that, you know. <laughs> Unlike Doug um, Stanhope, who tries to alienate every single person in the audience on his first joke, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I do. I do feel like um, you know. I, and I have done. I have done the Republican golf tournament gig. I mean, I have done those banquets. Yep. And you know, and it's not fun. And we're backstage going, oh, oh shit, drop this something. Keith, let's do the other one. We're having an improv game. Fuck. You know. But, yeah. Um, uh, just because you don't, there's there's just no point to upsetting people who are not going to 
no, pain. Right, right. In fact, what will happen is if you do a good show and you take out, you know, a few of the political pieces, but you keep a couple in or something, um, is they'll just simply be excited about women comics, which is already uh-huh. a big feminist, you know, thing yeah. because it's taking so long for them to get there. So, Absolutely. you know, they're just making small steps there. But. Yeah, no, and, and I think this is a, a, a great point because, you know, some people would consider, well, that's selling out. But there is, you know, there is something about inviting people in to the conversation and making people at least comfortable enough to, to sit in their chair so that they can take in some information and laughter. And of course, comedy is a great way to do that because people's defenses go down when they're laughing their asses right, off. Right, right, right. I mean, selling out is when you go and you do a character that you think is the anti-woman or something. I mean, that's right. totally selling out. But um, if you're doing still feminist work that they don't even notice yes. feminist because <laughs> you're doing it in, you know what I mean? Like yes. in a way that's, well, we're just standing here being strong women talking about exactly. being the work. Exactly. You know, that's like a stretch for some people and great. The other thing that I get excited about with our audiences is they are, I mean, we don't let under 18 in, but they're, you know, 18 to 90. And, mm-hmm. and, and almost a third to half guys a lot of places, which I love. That's and fantastic. And that's Soren gets really excited about that, too. I mean, having a man co-write the feminist show. Absolutely. Me. Great. Yeah. And I'm using the damn F word, by the way. Just I've decided to just keep using it, even though everyone sees feminism as a... My, my, uh, you know what? I, I, I agree. I think it's t- time to reinvent that word again and again and, and again. And, you know, at shows, very, like this fall, Soren and I just came up with this thing. I went out and I was talking about something. We did this feminist show in Edinburgh, blah, blah, And then I stopped and I said, uh, who took that word away from us? Yep. And the audience went nuts. And this was not, this was a very mixed audience. But I think they were just so relieved that somebody under 60 was saying it with, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it yes. it's changed over time, this word. I, and, I agree. You know, Absolutely. And it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Blah, blah, yep. Blah. I like that feminism is the new F word. That's, 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 yeah. I, I want to get a t-shirt that says that. We, have, we, we have run out of time, darling. Oh gosh. Okay. I know. Can you imagine? Um, is there anything, uh, you're going to be anywhere performing or doing workshops anywhere soon? Um, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm just going to plug, katiegoodman.com there you go because everything's on there and we're um we're going to be in new york next year and we're um my book improvisation for the spirits on there i think what's we're going to a whole bunch of different places oh good my, yeah oh, my new my new my new album my solo album yeah your new out. solo album so go there's check. one on there right now um but it's we're we're redoing it so it's coming out in a month but um we're on Facebook and all that fun stuff, you, but uh, yeah. we're doing, I'm doing workshops at um, Cortado and Omega and a bunch of other speaking and things like that. And just, oh, and my book's on Kindle now. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> You've made it to the 21st century. (laughs) Well, I think you and I are going to have to go out and and figure out a little something to do. I I think it'd be really, really fun (laughs) to go out and make people laugh and then transform their souls all in one afternoon. As I mentioned, I like doing things with people I like. (laughs) It would be fun. Well, thank you so much for being here, darling. (laughs) And uh, we're going to end the show, uh, as always, with thank yous. I want to thank Katie, of course. I want to thank all of my listeners, my live listeners, and all you fabulous people that download me from the website and now on iTunes. It's just so exciting being on iTunes. And <laughs> and I want to thank, of course, Barbara Roman. She's not here today. She's ditched. She's so cute. And, of course, Johnny Dam, who runs our station, and the Twitterverse and Facebook land and all my friends and family and my darling husband, Bob, and uh, the big mysterious unknown knowable thing that some people call God, but I don't usually call it that. I call it something else like what the fuck is that? <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, f- uh, 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 the F word, uh, thank you, Katie. And we're going to end with a song with Katie. Uh, I don't know if this is on your solo album or not, but this is called These Are the Things I Can't Remember. So in honor of all women who are perimenopausal, uh, like I am, and can't remember shit anymore, uh, here's Katie Goodman. Thank you, Katie. And everyone thank have you. a fabulous week. Oh, next week we have Marion Williamson, everyone. So read up. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Good night, everyone. See you later.
But then my husband walks in while I'm brushing my teeth and says, Why was I using the toothbrush to keep the scrub the bathroom sink? These are the things that I just can't fucking remember. No. These are the things that I just can't fucking recall. Where'd I park my car? What did I eat last night that went right through me? Why can't I remember to bring in my canvas bags? And which are the Shiites and which are the Sunnis? These are the things that I just can't fucking remember, no. These are the things that I just can't fucking recall. Which is the good cholesterol? Which is the bad? Where'd I leave my cell phone? Before it's illegal. illegal. 